Do you remember a commercial a few years ago? This is Stanley Johnson. This is from a um, lending company commercial. And uh, Stanley was a man, he, he, he had the same smile throughout the whole commercial, if you remember him. He, he seemed to have the perfect life. He had the perfect family, he had the perfect house, he had the perfect car, uh, he was a member at the country club, and you remember, he's grilling, and he's smiling, and he's, he's saying, he, he, he says, how do I do it? How do I have all this? And he, he smiles at the camera. I think he's flipping burgers. He says, I've been dead up to my eyeballs. <laughs> and then he's riding on his riding lawnmower. He's riding around the yard. And he smiles at the camera one last time. And he says, will somebody please help me? I think this is before uh, the recession. Uh, and it was, a, it was a lending company commercial. And basically what the lending company was wanting to do was to borrow more money to get out of the debt that you're in. I think that's what we were, you know, that, that was the mindset before the uh, bubble burst and the recession hit. Just borrow a little more money and get out of the debt that you're in. Uh, we've all been in that position probably one time in our life. Uh, it sounds familiar to many of us. This is the way many in our nation are right now, in debt up to their, up to their eyeballs, right? Um, we didn't get this way overnight. Many of the decisions uh, that were made, again, didn't take overnight, but the decisions that were made, a lot of them were, were snap decisions. They were made quickly, without a lot of thought put into them. There just were a lot of those decisions made, <laughs> and it got us into the, the mess that we're in right now, um, a lot of as a, as a company, as a country, as, a, as, as individuals. I mean, think about your life. Is your life uh, based on a lot, of, a lot of snap decisions? Have you ever made a decision that changed your, your whole way of life? These decisions are not always bad. Uh, sometimes the decision is to get married. That, that's a good decision, Right? Amen from that side? Yeah, amen from that side. Sometimes the decision is children. Sometimes buying a home. You're making that decision. It's a good decision. Starting a job. We can look back at our life and we can, we can pinpoint those defining moments, those defining moments where, where our lives just changed. The moment our life changed for the bad or, or the good, it happens to individuals, it, it, it happens to companies. You know, I once worked for a, for a company, a, 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 company who, a local company whose products were made uh, here in Tennessee, not far from here in Gallatin. But, you know, once the decision was made to produce the product overseas, well, the company changed. I mean, it changed. I mean, there was no turning back once that decision was made. These defining ha moments happen to individuals. These defining moments happen to companies. These defining moments happen to, to countries as well. And you know, we can trace the start of World War I back. There were a lot of fine decisions that were made, but really it was to an assassination. 
We can trace the, uh, the, the, the American involvement in World War II. We can, we can trace that back. Again, there were a lot of little decisions. We can trace that back to the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Since one terrible day in September 2001, a, a, a terrible decision was made. And, and because of that decision by a few, a, a whole country has changed. It's changed our course of time, hasn't it? Life-changing events, well, they happen to us all. Sometimes they turn out good. Sometimes they turn out bad. A lot of the outcome, I believe, is determined by our motives. In the days of Samuel, the nation of Israel had one of those defining, history-making course-changing moments. A request which would forever change the country's future. After the death of Joseph, if you'll turn to the book of 1 Samuel, after the death of Joseph, the Israelites became enslaved by Egypt and with God's help, Egyptian bondage was defeated and God became the king. God became the king of the Israelites and he, he did so, he, he formed a treaty. We call it Deuteronomy. Became part of the law. He formed a treaty with his people that spelled out exactly what had happened and what would happen to the Israelites if they obeyed and what would happen to the Israelites if they, if they disobeyed. The Israelites, though, did not recognize that they had a great king like God. There was a day when the nation of Israel was forever altered. When God was king of his chosen people, he set judges out to rule the people. And Samuel had governed Israel as a judge for, for years. He held a circuit court with the base being Ramah, as we see in 1 Samuel chapter 7. Verses 15 through 17. The place where Elkanah, Samuel's father, and Hannah, Samuel's mother, they had a home, as we can read in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19. Samuel was given to God by his mother and his father to serve at the tent of meeting with the high priest Eli at Shiloh. And Samuel, it says in chapter 2, verse 26, grew in stature and in favor with both the Lord and men. Samuel, in the first few verses of chapter 8, he had two sons, Joel, his firstborn, and Abijah. And, and Samuel made them judges, but they were not, they were not very good judges. They weren't like Samuel. They took, they took bribes. They, they perverted justice. They, they had power and it corrupted them as, as power so, so often does to people. And the elders, the, the leaders in chapter 8, verse 4, they came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you're old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. The people asked for a king. Not, not to be rid of, of evil, but to be, as you can read, like the rest of the world. On this day... The nation of Israel 
sealed its own demise. On this day, on this day, for one of a king. All they wanted was a king. All they wanted was to be like everyone else. They didn't recognize that they had a king already, God. Are we quick to give up God for the world? Worldliness has its motives rooted in in selfishness. We want and we want and we want and we want. James wrote that wars and fights, they come from James chapter 4 verse 1, a desire for, for pleasure. Verse 4 of that same chapter in James, James uses some, some pretty strong language. Pretty strong language. What if I called you men, what if I called you adulterers? You ladies, what if I called you adulteresses? You guys, what if I called your wife an adulteress? Well, if you're a friend of the world, says James, that's what you are. You're an adulterer and an adulteress. Friendship with the world, verse 4 says, makes you an enemy of God. Check your motives. I want, I want, I want, I want. I want to be, I want to be pretty. I want to be good looking. I want to be popular. I want to be funny. I want attention. I want more money. I want more time. I want more stuff. And we're pulled every day. We're pulled at every day by the world to want a new and improved way, a new and improved life, a new and improved king. Samuel had to deal with a people just like us. What did he do? What did he do? What, what example did Samuel leave us that shows us how to act in a world filled with crazy up to our eyeballs? <laughs> First Samuel shows that Samuel was a man of God. Samuel was a man of God. He was given to God by his parents. So parents, do we make sure that our children are exposed to all that God has to offer? You see, Samuel had, had a good start because his, his parents were faithful. That, that's, that's a great start that any parent can give any child, to be faithful yourself. God chose Samuel to be a prophet. It says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, when Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, the word of the Lord was rare. It wasn't around at all. And, and, but the Lord called Samuel, and, and Samuel was the Lord's servant, it says, verse 10. And we must realize that we've been called by the gospel. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14, called by, called by God, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12, into His own kingdom and glory. We obey the gospel by, by being baptized into Jesus Christ, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And Paul writes that if, if, you, were, if you were raised with Christ, Colossians 3, verse 1, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Like Samuel, be men and women of God. Start today. 
Start today. Because Samuel was God's man, he didn't want to be like the other, other nations around him. And when faced with a nation-changing request, Samuel was upset. And Samuel went to God in prayer. You know, every day we have to make little and big decisions. What if we put the big decisions in the hands of God by going to Him in prayer? When the elders came in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 5, demanding Samuel to make us a king. In verse 6, this says, this, this pleased Samuel. So Samuel prayed to the Lord, verse 7, And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. I'm not Samuel, nor am I a prophet. But like Samuel, I must realize, along with any one of us who tries to tell someone the gospel and is rejected, that it's not me who's being rejected, but God. And like Samuel, actions have consequences. And I've got to tell those too. God told Samuel, you tell him all the, all the consequences of wanting a king. You tell them all the hardship that they're going to have to go through. When I tell you to leave lasciviousness alone, it will hurt you in the long run. But you go to the club anyway. It's not me who you reject, but God. You have found a new king. When I tell you the heartache of divorce, when I tell you the danger of gossip, when I, when I, when I call you on the laziness of being a pupitata and you won't make up, hush up, or get up and help, you have chosen a king. When you look at the denominations around us and would rather worship their way than God's way, you have chosen your own king. Many are willing to live with the consequences as long as, as they are not affected. And you have chosen your king. You have chosen the world. Samuel, Samuel didn't want to be like the world and, and neither should we. As Christians, we are told by John in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, Do not love the world or, or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. You know, whether it's Israel wanting a king or you wanting a new car that you can't afford. When you choose anyone or anything over God, you have chosen your new king. Samuel was a man of God, and he didn't want to be like the rest of the world. And Samuel knew how special he was and how special Israel was to God. So Samuel obeyed even when, even when others didn't. Samuel obeyed the Lord and, and anointed Saul as king in chapter 10. Samuel was, excuse me, Saul was sent by Samuel on a mission, uh, God told Samuel to do this. 
He was sent on a mission by God to utterly and completely destroy the Amalekites in, in chapter 15. At Telem, Saul had, had, Saul had 200,000 foot soldiers at his disposal and was told to attack, the, uh, to, to attack Amalek and in, in chapter 15, verse 3, utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep and camel and donkey. Kill them all. And Saul and his forces, they, they beat the Amalekites. They did, but they kept the Amalekite king back, Agag, they kept him alive, and they kept the best of the cattle as spoil. God, in chapter 15, verse 10, told Samuel that he greatly, and this is the words the New King James Version uses, he greatly regretted having set Saul up as king. I wonder if God greatly regrets giving you the blessings He has given you. He has given you money, talent, time, country, friends, family. Have you squandered them? Have you squandered their purpose? Samuel was so sad. Verse 12, Samuel rose early to meet Saul, but was told that Saul went up to Carmel and and set up a monument to himself. And Samuel went to uh, Saul. He he found him. He caught up to him. And and Saul is riding high. He's riding high with a huge victory under his belt. He he thought Samuel would be pleased. It says in verse 13, Saul uh, blesses Samuel. and, And the first thing out of his mouth, he said, I did what God asked me to do. I did what God asked me to do. But we know, Samuel knows, we know Samuel knows and God knows that Saul didn't do what God asked him to do. Saul could have, excuse Saul could have done what God asked him to do and and Samuel could have could have played along you know he could have stuck his head in the sand he could have pretended the sheep that he heard outside had always been there so many today say the same thing as Saul in their lives in their worship they say we love God and we we did what he said and really, that's only half true. Like Samuel, you're only telling half the truth. Look. Look here. One of these days, there are going to be folks standing before God in heaven who thought they were doing God's will. Who thought they were right. Like, and like Saul, they were blinded by the world and, and motivated by selfishness or, or they were led by, by ignorance. And Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty one, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. 
The law is whatever God says it is. And when you don't do things God's way, you're lawless. The lawless add to and take away from God's Word. God's instruction. The lawless, He doesn't know them. Those like Saul who do things their own way, He rejects them. We must understand this about God. We must understand this about God. If we don't do things God's way, He will reject us. He's done it from the jump, folks. (laughs) You think he's going to change now? Malachi said, God does not change. Just keep living the way you're living. No, don't. 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 I don't want you to face the consequences. I don't want you to hide and watch. I want you to change now, please. We must understand that God must be obeyed. Like Samuel, we, we mustn't get trapped. How? How do we do this? As Christians, I mean, that's Samuel then. How do we as Christians not get trapped? Well, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the acceptable and perfect will of God. No matter how hard Saul tried, he could not prove God's perfect will because he wouldn't obey. He was trapped by the world. So many are holding out for something better. Maybe even thinking they found it. You know, so many prosper materially or desperately desire to do so. Material things have become so many... King, so so many are blessed physically, and, and they put the, their trust in themselves. Uh, their trust is in themselves and not God. In fact, they've become their own God. So many want things their way spiritually, and they they lose sight of who God really is. As Christians, we must remember that we are First Peter chapter two verse four, living stones, rejected by men but chosen by God. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, we live in a spiritual house. We are a a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's, God's own special people. We have a king. His name is Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus, you're not in debt up to your eyeballs in sin. He paid the debt of sin and shame upon the cross. So I'm asking you today to make a decision to be a child of God. Don't be like the world. Obey when, when others don't or won't. Make a decision today that will change your everlasting life. Come to Jesus and repent. Come to Jesus and be, be baptized as together we stand and sing.